Hello, everyone. Welcome back to A Plants Could Talk. This is Garrett. I'm your host. This conversation took place on December 12th, 2023, with my very special guest, Sergey Baranov of Wachuma Wasi. Sergey joined me virtually today from his home in the Andes Mountains of Peru. He is a shaman offering Wachuma ceremonies. He also utilizes other plant medicines and has been doing so for going on two decades now. Sergey tells a really inspiring tale of originating in Ukraine, growing up under communism, and ultimately making his way to Israel, from Israel to California, surviving a cult for six years and a number of years of darkness, finding his way into Mexico and peyote ceremonies and getting initiated into shamanism, and ultimately landing in Peru where he resides today. He also has authored a number of books. I'm actually reading one of them right now. I implore you to do the same. He has a podcast and a YouTube channel. I will make sure to plug links to all of his stuff in the description of this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. I want to take a moment to tell you guys about my sponsors and partnerships. If you scroll down into the description of this episode, you will find links to Mezcala Nursery located in Long Beach, California, Green Touch Nursery located in Bellflower, California. Big shout out to Plantly.io. You can type in Plantly.io into your web browser or download the free Plantly app on Android or iOS. If you are interested in becoming a vendor, I have provided a link for you to do so down in the description. Real Mushrooms is a mushroom supplement company offering hot water extracts in both powder and capsule form. You may be familiar with all of these wonderful mushrooms and their amazing health benefits like lion's mane, chaga, reishi, shiitake, maitake, cordyceps, all these mushrooms that have been used in Chinese herbal medicine for thousands of years. If you are ready to make a purchase, you can use code if plants could talk at checkout or use the link in the description and you will get 10% off your order. Next up is PlantWave. PlantWave is a device that translates the electrical frequencies and patterns that your plant creates. In other words, the water moving through your plant generates an electrical frequency and that is then translated into music and melodies using the PlantWave device and the PlantWave app. I'm going to stitch in a video here of what California White Sage sounds like. If you are ready to tune out of the world and tune into your plants, then purchase a plant wave today. You can use the link. There is no code necessary. Just use the link and you will get $15 off your order. And last but not least, we have Bagus Botanicals. Bagus Botanicals is offering a supplement powder that is a nootropic. And one of their products is the Flow State, which I can't recommend enough. It is made out of Metragena speciosa, lion's mane, and ginseng. This is great for elevating your your mood, increasing your focus, creating new neural pathways in the brain with the lion's mane. They also offer Metragena speciosa in its pure form. They have a green mangda available. They also offer recipes on their website that you can use to mix your supplement powder into different kinds of drinks, mocktails, for example. It is an excellent alternative to things like alcohol. I have seen great benefit in abstaining from other substances by utilizing a plant medicine like Metragena speciosa. If you're ready to make a purchase, you can use code if plants could talk at checkout or use the link and you will get 15% off your order. All right, here is Sergey. Sergey Baranov, welcome to If Plants Could Talk. Thank you. Yes. Grand rising to you, my friend. Thank you. So tell me, Sergey, where in the world are you speaking to me from? Uh, I'm in Sacred Valley of the Incas near Cusco, Peru. 
in the Andes, uh, 10,000 feet in the sky. Wow, that's beautiful. What a wonderful place to be. <laughs> yes, yes. It's very beautiful here. It's what I call it inescapable beauty. Uh, which means you, you can't escape it. It's like anywhere you look, it's beautiful. Just you don't need to chase it. It's just it's chasing you, you know. Uh, that's wonderful. I imagine uh, when it's not as developed, you're just surrounded by it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. You know, yeah. we live in a little town, but it's all wild here. Yeah, condors, you know, pumas right there, but farther up, but they still Ooh. around. Pumas, you know? <laughs> not right here where we are, but just farther. Sure, up. sure. You know? sure. But they are. You can feel the energy here. It's wild. Yeah, I follow your Instagram closely, and your property looks wonderful. I definitely would love to make it down there one day. It's definitely one of my my destinations I would like to come to for mm -hmm. sure. And uh, it looks like you're doing wonderful work, the Lord's work. So thank you for that. And uh, you know, I also started your book. We kind of planned this spontaneously. We had touched base a while back, a couple of years back now, I think. And uh, mm -hmm. I never really had time, but I finally started diving into it and I got sucked in, man. So I'm going to finish it for sure. Which Ex book is that? Excellent work. It's the one you're holding, the one, I think it's from 20, 2019, 2020. Uh, yeah, The Cactus of Sanity. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, yeah I wrote it in a lockdown here. Mm. There wasn't much to do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> taking medicine and writing I and mean, what else to do you know? Everything shut sure down. sure so before we get into that what let maybe i can get some background info on you so yeah. where do you where do you hail from originally well i born in ukraine okay and then uh at the age of 13 almost we immigrated to israel mm. and then with my parents you know and then when i was 24 i immigrated to california Mm. in search of uh, spiritual enlightenment, which is a whole another story, you know. That's in the first book, if you want to read okay. about my life in a cult, you know. In a so, cult? Yeah, and then I'm in a cult. Oh, fascinating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not what they admit to be, but that's what it is. Uh, I you see. Know, they, they call themselves different uh, names, of course, but, you know, of course. Mm, that sounds like so, it could uh, be a few episodes of that. <laughs> oh, we, we can eat. We can easily have a few episodes just on that. You know? Yeah. So I've been there six years, and uh, then, and then I just ended up in Peruvian jungle drinking mm. ayahuasca. You know, mm. a week after living. So that's how my Peruvian life has begun. Actually, in two thousand five. Mm. end of 2005 and that was like a week after i left the cold mm. i mean actually like a week wow and then a week later i'm like with peruvian shamans like purging my guts out in the jungle it's like whoa okay now we're talking huh. <laughs> you know yeah so that's uh, a brief kind of synopsis of sure i uh, imagine i imagine uh, I imagine that was a very eye-opening experience coming from such a such a, an intense situation and then uh finding healing in that it was yes of course it was probably more than just eye-opening it was a total transformation of my consciousness you know my sure. life it's just uh, you know when you when you are subjected to 
words and concepts about spirituality for many years mm. and it started before i'm like a spiritual seeker from from ever you know sure so when finally you know you reach a place where words become reality you know everything that you read about basically you start experiencing that's yeah. a whole different dimension mm. you know that's a whole new way to relate mm. to reality when you're actually experiencing you know it's not even correct to say altered state of consciousness it's very it's limiting it's it's technically correct because it's altered it's not the same state of consciousness as we are now speaking this is our waking consciousness so when we take plant medicine they change your consciousness so what people can relate to is like altered state of consciousness but it's beyond that it's like i don't use that terms like we don't use these terms it's to me the same like psychedelics mm. we only use it as a reference so people can relate to it and understand what we're talking about but we don't use this terms this is like not fully descriptive the altered state of consciousness when you take medicine it's so much beyond that's just altered state of consciousness like you know what I mean? when you drink vodka you are in altered state of consciousness you know what i mean yes so we're not talking the same thing here you know this is the completely it's actual it's a different dimension the spiritual dimension in which you perceive reality differently mm. you know so technically your state of consciousness is altered it's not normal like you wake up in the morning but it's just beyond that it's a spiritual connection you know we can go deep into it would you argue that that you're tapping into something that's actually already there perhaps it's already always present and we're not able to tap into it without those altered states for lack of a better term yes i think so i think it, it's kind of you know it's a very deep subject it's, it's not like yes or no question yeah, very you know, there, there is there is more to it and I, in my new book i speak about this mm. uh as much as words can you know describe but it's both yes and no and i and i can explain what i mean by that it's like the spirit world it's always there that's true sure it's like god is always here whatever yes. is that for you man it's all here right now mm. it's right now i am in presence of god talking to you yes the question is whether you're aware of that or not and that's where the problem is people in life they're, they're not aware of that connection because of many other factors we we can talk about that too but this is just factual stuff i'm telling you mm. we are not perceiving divine that is exists every moment everywhere so to answer your question yes it's there always at all times mm. we are not there that's the problem we are mm. not there to perceive it mm. so when we take plant medicine we yes we connect to it it opens us open up that connection to spirits which is there that is not visible so you take the medicine it connects you to what is and mm. spirit is yes that's it so the answer is yes sure basically sure but there is also no you know <laughs> because it's like because it's not like they're right now in your state of consciousness that we're talking now like, right it, it's just not there you know because you mm. are not there 
So mm. when you are there, it's there. Yes. When you are not there, it's not there. Mm. That's the truth of it. So mm. it might be confusing for people who are not really who who don't have this kind of experience, but that's as much as I can put in words. Sure. And to be honest about this. Well, that's the beautiful thing that that so many people find in plant medicine is a an opportunity to commune with the divine and uh, perhaps even come to believe in the divine. And uh, that's something that it was it it certainly did for me. It solidified it for me, at least in the very least. Yes, oh, for sure. I I'm coming from the '80s environment. You know, I'm born in Ukraine under Soviet regime. Mm. This is like this is like living in communist China. You know, they actually copied that from us. So we were the original communists. <laughs> you know, not me personally, but the place I'm from. Sure. So you know, in this environment, you have zero spirituality. Like mm. absolute zero. Like it would be hard for you to even understand that, that the extent of this insanity you can't even understand. If you're born in a free country, you can't even understand that. It's just like the state is God. That's yes. it. And your prime minister, whoever that is, that's your that's that's who you worship. The state, the communist idea, you know. There's nothing beyond that, you know. You're born to serve the state, basically. You know, so sure. in that environment to find anything spiritual, that's that's nearly impossible, especially back in mm. 40 years when I was there like a kid, you know. So, which is another subject altogether, is like how those ideas came to my mind when I was five years old, thinking mm. about stuff like that, which was not stimulated, it was not stimulated by the environment. Mm. You know, that's just another conversation. Sure. But kind of, you know, following what you're saying here. So spirituality is something you discover from within and yes when you do it's something you believe in because this is the real belief this is not believing something that you're told to believe yeah yes. this is the real belief that you come to from within from your experience you know i believe in what i see i believe in what i experience mm. i don't believe in something that i cannot verify for myself which you know religious approach is more like that it's like you know you have, sure. you have to believe in an invisible god and you know here you believe in what you experience so it's experiential it's embodied knowledge you experience mm. divine connection from within in which you believe because because that's what it is you know it's just what is it's what's there it's yes. like you're sitting by the river you look at the river you believe in the river you know, and it's not even believe, you know, it's there. It's like, it's not like you believe in the river. It's like, you know, the river is there. You see the river. It's the same thing with divine connection. It's not something you believe in. It's like, you know, you feel that. It's like you, you feel your connection with all that is. This is purely mystical state of consciousness of which all the sages of the antiquity talked about. Mm. But talking about something and experiencing something is not the same. Mm. And that's, a major subject of my of, of my books, like pretty much in every book I speak about it differently. You know, I, I, I'm not going to repeat myself. Uh, you know, be redundant, but it, it, it's new ideas. But it's just kind of around dancing around the same subjects, which I think important, kind of a key things to understand spirituality, and that's one of them. Mm. 
I was reading in the Cactus of Sanity that you felt a calling uh, at an early age and that you weren't able to pinpoint it right away, but that you had always been obsessed with the supernatural and were curious about the supernatural clairvoyance in particular, predicting the future. Can you can you run through some of that, what that calling was and how it how it brought you to the cactus and, and shamanism? That's true. Uh, I always felt that kind of uh, sense of miraculous inside of me, mm. as though I could feel that there is more to life than what I could see with my eyes. Mm. Even as a kid living in the Soviet Union, you know what I mean? Mm. So I don't know where this stuff came to me, but that's just truth that I felt it. It's like I remember being around five years old, trying to move a uh, you know uh, matches box of matches with my mind. Mm. like literally that was my meditation just kind of sitting and trying to move my batches the box of matches with my mind and and trying to levitate that five years old (laughs) soviet regime man it's like you know uh, it's just like i don't know so this thing were in me kind of and as i was growing up i never stopped thinking about this like uh, the psychic ability and if that was if, if there was a truth to it you know sure I want to find out if that's true or people just imagine this or lying, you know, if it's true, if telepathy is real and, you know, kind of uh, sixth sense and things that are beyond the senses, you know, Mm. and that was kind of a journey through life. I was really interested in that, you know, and somehow I felt intuitively that in order to understand this realm as a whole, you need to change your consciousness. Mm. You know, it's like you cannot understand that from the normal consciousness. I, I truly understood this when I was a kid. Like, of course, I was not eloquent as now. I could not explain all this stuff. But to boil this all down, it it wasn't very different than what it is now. Mm. Truly. It just was more kind of simplified. Sure. But it wasn't different. I understood that the state of consciousness has to be expanded Mm. in order to receive and transmit a different kind of energies you know and telepathy which is what one was one of those things i just didn't know how to do it Mm. you know so that's kind of uh, maybe that's what i don't know if that started my search but it certainly contributed to the search to develop my mind to develop my my ability, I, I, it wasn't enough for me just to eat and sleep and go to bathroom, you know? So <laughs> it just wasn't, man. It's like, you sure. know, it wasn't enough. Even as a kid, I'm talking like as a, as a child now. Uh-huh. Child, we're talking child, five, eight, ten years old, you know what I mean? That never changed. It's the same thing now for me. Of course, it's a lot more, It's there is more to it now. But that's the same kind of essence. There's the same kind of tone went throughout my life you know and um i also knew that i knew somehow that in order to change my consciousness i need help it has to be kind of external help Mm. in forms of something you know so it has to be some kind of substance that changes the chemistry of the brain that allows for a different perception so Mm. that was kind of my idea of this long before i got to anything 
That's just yeah. an idea I was drawing with. But that was like, you know, it's a whole new dimension for a kid. You know, you have to grow up, you have to explore, you have to understand, you have to learn. And then, of course, you know, well, and I was also in sport all my life. So mm. I was a very sporty guy, you know, like martial arts and other things. So, you know, my father will you know was in, inspiring me he was a boxer himself so that was very good education for me but then at the age of 17 quite suddenly things change and then you know one day i'm in the ring boxing and another day i'm already doing drugs with some weird people <laughs> i don't know how that happened you know and we're talking about some heavy drugs uh, we're not talking about smoking pot here you know? uh -huh. so that just took me to a whole another avenue of a dark path that could uh, lead to serious problems and you know well i was safe from that and that i, I shared that in the book too i don't want to spoil the whole thing but but the thing is like my thing with drugs that it wasn't really the same like for the other guys i was doing it with you know mm. it wasn't the same although we were doing the same thing mm. but for me there was a search in it. I always knew that I'm searching for something. I don't just take a drug and just, you know, just to, to forget myself, you know? Mm. So that wasn't my thing. I wanted to open up my mind. I wanted to experience my consciousness, to experience reality mm. in, a, in, a, in a different way, in a wider way. You know, I knew that there, there can be more that we can just perceive through our senses, you know? like mm -hmm. normally normal waking consciousness so i was doing different drugs everything we we had there and you know none of that was satisfactory it mm -hmm. was also i i really even without the formal education of that you know actually my education is like it's a street education it's like that's the real education you learn yourself you know mm -hmm. i mean it's good if you learn from others but i wasn't wise enough to learn from others back then so sure. i was learning from myself so I understood that you know different do, do different things, and it's like it's not that, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that. And you kind of go, go, go. It's not that. And you kind of think like, hmm, none of that is that. Everything that is there, it's not really there. It's it's kind of um, hinting to something, but it's not there. Like literally, I was my thirst was not satisfied. You know. Mm all the way until i got to ecstasy the mdma yes <laughs> that opened the doors you know so after all the street drugs and all this you know troubles and problems finally i got to ecstasy pills you know and that was where the magic starts for me really hmm. i understood the difference between them that that was not what we were doing before that was the upward hmm. movement all hmm. the drugs we did that were downward that was like a a downgrade of your consciousness it, it was a move into nothingness into void you know mm. and that's what people like but i hated this it's like man i don't want to disappear i want to appear i want to be you mm. know that's like an opposite i want to go to an opposite direction but i didn't know what it is so the mdma was really a beginning and uh, really become a big thing in my life you know for for years and I thought, like, finally I found some uh, magic pill, you know, right. to contemplate reality, which was true at that time. 
it was true and there was magic in it but the problem was it was that it was uh chemical yeah so it's a chemical lens you're looking through you know it's just you see something but it's like looking at the life from the aquarium like you're swimming in the water with fishes and you kind of looking at the aquarium and it's just you see some faces there kind of it's all there the, you understand there's like life beyond your aquarium but you're not really clearly <laughs> see that you know sure. what i mean it's like dipping your so, toe in <laughs> it's like uh you know this is good you know but it just gives me a few hours and then i'm depressed for a few days after that it's like uh-huh. good. It just like comes with a price, you know. Yes. But it definitely opened the doors mm. for sure. I have to admit that, and you know, true, true, that's truth. You know, it opened the doors to the whole dimension where I'm, where I live my life today. So that was a bridge to a psychedelic realms. Mm. You know, from that now on, that was like a key turning point. And then, uh, of course, following that, I begin to realize many things, you know, because I didn't really, of course, I went to parties and, uh, you know, trans party in nature and it's all good and beautiful music and, you know, it's all good, you know, but at some point I realized it's not enough enough. It's not enough for me anymore. Mm. You know, it's just, it's good to go rest and just kind of chill there, you know, but it's not enough. There was more. The yes. search was the hunger was strong and I was looking for knowledge, you know, knowledge and wisdom. And so what I was doing is I was just taking MDMA and going to, by myself to the forest and kind of contemplating, stargazing, reading some ancient texts. And that was my thing. Mm. Sitting under the moon, reading uh, Sufi poetry, you know, trying to understand life. So that was very... That was fulfilling, actually. That was fulfilling. But it was not enough in terms of, you know, it's not long enough and it's not clear enough and it's chemical kind of taste afterwards. Like, okay, that's the best I have. So I do what I have, you know. Yeah. But then during that time, actually, I was around 19. During that time, a friend of mine, um, he gave me, he introduced me to Carlos Castaneda work. Mm. And uh, um, I was reading that basically, like just swallow the whole thing, you know. It's like, and it was the I think the, the first one was the journey, no, no, it was the teaching of Don Juan. So I read that at the age 19, uh, full of on ecstasy, you know. <laughs> and I read and I read about peyote, I read, I read about the cactus in Mexico. Mm. And the shamans there, and, and I feel wisdom in it, and I feel truth in it. And it's like, man, I got to find this for myself. Like, this is real stuff. I need to go. Mm. And it's like a guy in Israel, and I'm 19 years old, no job, no money, no nothing. I mean, you know, just a street wonder, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I need to go to Mexico, find them one. That's it. It was very strong. It was so strong, man. It's like it was a burning feeling inside. Mm. I couldn't sleep. It was like I feel the truth. I feel the truth. There is path. There is a path, real path in life. It's there. It's mm. this. You know, it came through peyote in Mexico, but at the same time, also, it was around the same time, maybe. I don't remember which one. Maybe that was the first one. And then after that, uh, the another book of uh, Viodo came. I think it was the Cactus of Four Wings. 
mm. or the dance of four winds. I don't remember the dance of four winds or cactus four winds. So that was his uh, journey in Peru, describing basically his work with Wachuma uh, cactus, which he called San Pedro because the, he didn't know the real name of it. Mm. But that's how people know it's a San Pedro cactus, but it's not really, we don't call it San Pedro cactus. We call it Huachuma because that's the original pre Hispanic name, mm. pre conquest. So, but that talks to me just as much in a different way. But I feel like reading about this is like, man, this is real stuff. This is real. It talks to my heart. It's like I feel truth in it. There mm. is path, there is real direct path to wisdom and knowledge, you know, mm. unfiltered, just direct. And I just feel like, okay, I need, I need to be in Peru too. You know, I need to be in Mexico. I need to be in Peru. I need to take peyote. I need to take San Pedro. Uh -huh. That's it. <laughs> That's how I felt. It felt so strong that I can't explain even how strong it is. Like a serious, like a, like a, like a fire, like inner fire. You feel fire inside. Like you just feel Field. You just know that this is what has to happen in your life. This is a big thing. You know, this is what you have to do. So, but that was impossible for me, like physically. It's just not possible, man. It's like for me to go to Mexico to look for Don Juan without speaking Spanish, <laughs> without having any money, you know? <laughs> it just was like a, a dream mm -hmm. at that time, but a very strong dream. Mm -hmm. So I had to wait, and I had to wait until I ended up in America, you know, and from there, everything became possible. But yeah. it has to be another stage, which was my life in California, mm. eight years, and my life in the cold, which was, that's how I got to America, you know, I didn't, came to America to look for American dream, you know, for me, I was far from all this. To me, it was a spiritual search, you know, following. It was a fourth way teaching I was following by the Kujif, which just ended up in the cold in California, you mm. know. But there was a, a lot of lessons in it too. And it was important actually, you know. And now I'm looking back and I understand that a part of who am I today is because of that thing. Sure. That six years there, not just that, and many life experiences, but certainly life in the cold because i can explain people many things now you know because it's part of my healing work now is people i can explain you the brainwashing the indoctrination the mind control and all this bs you know so sure i can it made me kind of an expert on the area mm. in the area without actual um diploma you know man i'm not a deep programmer by any means but i can definitely explain a few things you know yeah so but then I wasn't, you know, life in the cold was like uh, chaotic, you know, but I never, what kept me sane there actually, it's the, the MDMA, I found MDMA there, I was just doing that, mm. which was fully prohibited. Also, we were oh. dropping acid there too. We, took, we were taking LSD there a few times with a friend, you know, huh. because that's, but it wasn't my thing really, I, I more, uh, I like the ecstasy even more. Mm. and um, well it was the mdma it was in the california sure. it already was in capsules in yeah, israel yeah. it still were you know back then in the 90s it was pills yeah in california it was a pure powder in in the capsules uh -huh. so a, a bit different uh, but still good 
you know, that will keep me sane, you know, while, while people going crazy in the cold and believing all this nonsense, you know, I'm just taking psychedelics in the forest. And thinking, <laughs> I think you're like, man, you know, how do I get out of here, you know? Sure. But that's what kept me actually sane there. And during that time, I never forgot about my um, desire to get to plant medicine, you know? Yeah. That was peyote at the time. You know, uh-huh. so I thought like, okay, I, I'm much closer to it now. I mean, we're already here. This is just the next door. Mm-hmm. Mexico is just down the road. You know what I mean? Sure. It's like uh, life is different now. Like you just understand there's like uh, there is a the, there is a possibilities now that wasn't there. The doors can be opened. Like you you see the door. Now it's up to you to open. So. I opened the door and but it didn't go I didn't end up in Mexico right away it uh, began from Piote Way Church of God in Arizona you mm. know it's a good uh, run by good folks and mm. it might good people they're like very humble simple Piote people from like 70s this like old hippies you know mm. so from like you know 60 or something you know so they they build this church in the Arawaipa Valley, and uh, one of the founder was a Native American guy who helped to kind of make it legal for people, and he fought in the federal court cool. uh, for the right for people for non Indians to take peyote legally in America. Mm. That's the only place where you can do it, as far as I know. You can go there, you become a member. There's nothing there, and it's not like a church you have to go pray on Sunday, none of that, it's just, you just, it's just a basic, like, membership, you just go doing a spirit, you know, spirit walk, they give you medicine, leave you in the desert, you just, it's between you and the stars and the medicine, you know, hmm. uh, it's a very powerful way to, to work with the medicine, you know, but you have to be ready for that. Like that's Peyote Way, is that what yeah. you said? Uh, yeah, it's, it's Peyote Way Church of God. Hmm. Cool. So they're in Arizona. They're still running. They're still, you know, it's it's a just very simple place in the middle of the desert. You come, stay over. They give you medicine. They give you firewood. You choose the place where you want to make a fire at night. You take the medicine and you just figure your life out. It's it's cool. Mm. If you're ready for this kind of experience, it's cool. And these are good people. You know, yeah. I respect them. I respect their lifestyle. I respect their work with the medicine. So even though it's not exactly my way. Mm. I do it differently, but nevertheless, it works and it's good. So, and it's there when I understood that I, now I'm really close. Like it was doing peyote there. And and so like now I'm close to a tradition of peyote people. I just felt like I need to get into the traditional way. Mm. You know, what they did is good, but I just feel like for me, it's important to get into Mexico, get in that Don Juan energy field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was led from there. I was led to Mexico and uh, you know, met people there. Uh, it's Wichols. These are the natives of uh, Mexico, people who still work with peyote, like we did thousands of years ago. Mm. So it's an unbroken tradition that goes back forever, you know. Mm. It's the same like Shipibo in Peru with ayahuasca. It's mm. like a two cultures that have unbroken lineage, you know, thousands of years, seriously. 
And I ended up there and my PO journey started there like really deep, you know, and it's been a year I was working with them. During that year, I came like six times. Mm. And, and on the sixth time, I almost died. Oh my God. There, you know, so like literally I had to face my death. And it wasn't an ego death. That was actual death. You know, mm. I was, uh, it was my shamanic initiation there, you know. Nah. It was during the POD ceremony, the peak of it, at midnight. I was stung by deadly scorpions. No. Bang, bang, you know. <laughs> For real, man. Oh my God. And spent three days in hell. Three days. So there was no guarantee I will make through this, but. That's what they say too. It's like we know that you will make through, but if you make through, then the path will be open for you. Mm. But if not, then well, too bad. Try another time. <laughs> Next lifetime. <laughs> Next lifetime. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's basically how it went down. I, I speak wow. about this in the first book, Path Seeking Truth in the World of Lies, for those who want to, to read mm. about this. But this is when things are really. I mean, that was serious stuff. It's like when you face your death, and I was like 32. Like, mm. Man, I just found the road, found the way. Here's the medicine. Here's the shamans. Here's the wisdom. Here's life. Here's stars. Here's fire. You know, explore and learn. You know, be what you want to be, you know. And here I am dying. Like, man, that's just not right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not right. It's like I, I just found like way through this labyrinth of life and just ready to begin and here i am yeah you know dying mm. in mexico in sierra madre you know so three days of hell no body just pure consciousness the body was nearly dead and i made through this with a lot of efforts of course period the same mm. that's true period the same my life that's true but it's also was my work my inner my um my strong love for life mm. was there i was pushing death back it's like no i'm not going anywhere right now when it's my time i will not resist but it's not my time now yes so i'm not going anywhere mm. but that's easy said than done man i bet when you're full of deadly venom and you're shutting down man. that's very different you know Mm. so i went through it on the fourth day i flew to california still feeling electricity in my hands but i felt like okay i'm back i have survived this and i didn't lose any of my side anything mm. ability to talk everything is there i'm like back I just feel a little bit wired up of course but i'm back you know i'm functioning so mm. and after this event, after this initiation, let's say the path was open and that was up to me to make a decision of what I want to do with my life. Mm. And there was a few events after this, few signs came and through animals. Also for, in the first book, everything described in the first book. Mm. Path, seeking truth in the world of lies. The whole story there. And then in five months after this experience, I moved to Peru, which I always wanted to do from the beginning right you know and mexico and peru were done kind of in parallel in peru i came here earlier i came here already like big end of 2005 beginning of 2006 mexico came 2008 so i was already doing two years medicine here i was not what you then 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 period appeared you know it was like this in parallel 
And when I came to Peru, I knew, I knew that I want to, I want to live here, man. I want this is what you miss my medicine. I just fall in love with it from the first ceremony, and I realized that that's what I want to do in my life. That's the path I want to walk. So, but I didn't have the ability to come here. They have enough courage. It takes a lot, you know. It's just it's not easy, yeah. you know. And I'm like immigrant. I'm like I'm all my life. I'm just immigrating somewhere. You know, it's like, and you already settle, and it's like, it, it, it gets harder in a sense. It's like, oh, again now, new language, new culture, everything new again. It's like, you kind of get tired of this, you know? So much like risk, you get... too. You're taking risk every time you, you move yeah. to a new oh. place. <laughs> oh, of course, there's no guarantee that you will succeed. Sure. I came here with a full, um, full, uh, you know, knowledge, full understanding, and full willingness to mm. die here. Mm. If I need to, it's like if I need to starve to death, I will. Mm. You know, it's not how I would like that to go down, but I'm 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 following my passion, my passion for the medicine. That's that's what it is. I'm following my spirit, mm. and if that requires me to to starve and die, okay, so mm. be it. I prefer to. To die, you know, my knees and live on my, I mean, to, to die on my, you know, walking, standing, then, you know, living on my knees, you know, sure. like in the matrix, you know, like a slave to the system, mm. you know, so mm -hmm. I said, no way, uh, it's like, I'm going, whatever it takes, so I went, after three years, I went, but after this Mexican experience, you know, the initiation, there was so much understanding, you know, it's just like, nah, a fear cannot stop me. Mm. this is nothing can stop it's like i see the path and i walk the path that's it mm. you know so i moved to peru in april of 2009 it's going to be 15 years and a few months wow so basically that's kind of to boil it down yeah you know well sergey you have lived many lives it sounds like in going yes. from from the depths of the darkness with those uh, more darker substances uh yes. to initiating into shamanism and, and plant medicine it gives you i imagine you're very well equipped with the tools because so many different people from different walks of life are coming to you for healing and there's a good chance you've walked some form of their path at some point with all of this yes. A nomadic lifestyle and the cult and the drugs and the darkness and immigrating and almost dying yeah <laughs> a near-death experience yes it, oh man yes I, i've been in many shoes yes that's yeah. why i can help many people yeah i imagine that i understand many different aspects of life you know so whatever you bring on the table i can eat it mm. I can eat it, I can digest it, and I can talk about it mm. pretty much, you know. So, yeah. At the end of the day, so do you You feel that it sounds like you feel a much stronger connection with, with the Wachuma? Yes, I felt it from the beginning that that's just my medicine. Mm. That's the main teacher. Mm. It's also my medicine. I love it. It saved my life. It's amazing, beautiful medicine, powerful, very clear. It's amazing spirit, you know, I love Pedro very much. But the call was coming stronger from here, from the Andes mm. and from Wachuma. So I just answered the call that was coming stronger, mm. you know. 
So I just felt like Wachuma, it's more me. Mm, what do you think separates me. that experience about that particular medicine? Like you talk about differences? Yeah, well, what, what makes what makes uh, the Wachuma more significant to you? Uh, I think it's just more ecstatic medicine, more joyous, more, mm. more ethereal, kind of, it allows you more. It's just like, it's more playful. It's uh, as deep, as powerful, but it's a bit more playful. It's okay. just kind of more resonated with my spirit period. It's a bit more... Um, I wouldn't say, I mean, they're both bland medicine. They're both truthful and clear. They both tell you the truth in a different way. It's like, uh, what you is a bit more gentle in its approach. Ah. Uh, it's not weaker medicine. No. Sure. It's extremely powerful the way it do it. It's, just, it's the most powerful medicine you can have on our planet. If you even can handle what I'm doing, you know, I mean, it's not what I'm doing. It's not what I'm giving to everyone. But sure. people with extreme experience, I can give them without worrying that they will lose their minds, you know. From my understanding, that, the the sorry to cut you off, the chemical yeah. compound overlaid over MDMA is almost identical, right? Like the uh, molecule itself. You know, I, I'm not a chemist, so I can't sure. really speak about the, mo the the molecular structure. But from what I understood during my research. MDMA was kind of uh, made, kind of maybe they tried to copy it. Mm. Since, you know, I mean, there is some kind of similarity. Yeah, sure. that's why when people, uh, that's why when you take MDMA and then, then you come to Wachuma, you feel like you know this. Mm. You feel like, oh, I know this. It's a lot more clearer and a lot more, a lot more everything. But I know this. Yeah, no, I know this place. So there is a uh, there is a similarity between them for sure. It's like the uh, MDMA is kind of a chemical sister of Wachu. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Wachu is the organic and ecstasy is the is a whole new world. But there is um, yes, there is some similarity. Definitely, you can say that. So and, and many people who have MDMA in their life and they come to Wachu and they feel the same. They feel like whoa, it's like. It's like I know it, you mm. know. It's like it. It reminds me there. It reminds me of my MDMA trips, but it's a lot deeper and profound and more beautiful, you know. But mm. it reminds me that. So yes, there is definitely some kind of uh, connection on molecular level. Like yeah, an actual like you know. But you know, there is a spirit in the lab. Mm. spirit is nature and that's what makes the difference you know and that's i write in the books that exactly thing is that the, in the lab you can do so far you can get a formula and you know stick it into your brain and see what happens and you know observe the change but there will be no spirit there mm. the spirit comes from the plants mm. They have sacred plants. They have spirit. They are spiritual medicines. Yes, and you feel this connection with spirit and higher intelligence and nature. So there is definitely that gap that cannot be breached between, you know, psychoactive psychoactive substances versus plant medicine. You just mm. cannot be breached. Yeah, because it's not there. You know, you just cannot make this up. So, but it's definitely you know it's a breach, and it's a step towards if you use it right. Now you, you can are, abuse it too. 
Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You can. Oh yeah. You you can. You, you can lose your mind on ecstasy. I I had I had friends just mm-hmm. fried. Yes. Fried. It's like it's like that's not what I want to be. I don't want to be fried. I want to use it in order to understand. But I don't get. I don't want to fry my my brain. You know? yeah. I love my mind. I love my life. But yeah. I had friends fried on LSD. Easy. Mm. On ecstasy. Even. Yeah. Fried. Yeah, fried like a chicken, like like a Kentucky chicken. <laughs> no problem, you know. Uh, you, it yeah. can happen. It can happen. Although with the medicine, you know, you you're more safe with the plant medicine. You're sure. more safe. It's like it's it just it's just safer to use. I mean, of course, it's like of course, if you abuse plant medicine, it can fry your brain too. You know, but. Yeah, it's just um, something that's been used for thousands of years and, and went through lots of trials mm. and tests yes. and approvals. And, uh, you know, it's a journey of thousands of years, you know? The psychoactive agents, this is just a 20th century thing. Mm. This is like, like, you know, a few decades back, that's it. Right. You know? So there is no history. There is no history. Really. What was your history? 60 years? from uh you know 60s mm. that's it yeah and you know it's like uh, and, and less for mdma probably although they they, they, they found it by Merck earlier but then it really came with shulgin later so yeah it's like 60s 70s kind of thing you know and and become more popular even later mm. 80s 90s like when i got to it, it was 90s you know Mm. so there is not much history of that too you know but when you look at the plant medicine like ayahuasca wachuma peyote we're talking thousands of years we're talking thousands of years before christ mm. you know we're talking another era this is like a far back this goes far but this goes to like ancient pyramids and beyond yeah you know this you... is a long journey you know do you know what the earliest evidence of using Wachuma is? Yes, I can tell you. Let me just do. I see your candle went out. The candles, yeah, yeah. Um, I like yeah. the candle. I'm sorry, but it's okay. I've got quite a few out of frame too myself. I've got Man. four going over here. I have three lighters. None of them works. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, what do you... uh... so. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, found it. Good. All right. So, yes, gotcha. actually, uh, Wachuma is the only one that can be traced back mm. uh, in a scientific way. You know, we know that ayahuasca and peyote are also just as old. Sure. But you can't really prove it. Yeah. Uh, Wachuma, you can. So, the earliest provable. Now, that's very important. Provable evidence mm. that is agreed upon, you know, uh, by archaeology, by the mainstream archaeology, it's 3,000 years old. It goes back to Chavin culture. Mm. Chavin culture is the, it, it's, it's thought to be like a cradle of Indian civilization, and uh, it plays the same role that uh, uh, Temple of Apollo in Greece. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the Oracle Temple. Mm. So it was a place where people did pilgrimage from all over South America to come to drink the medicine mm. and to ask for blessing for the people, you know, bringing gifts and taking the medicine, doing the ceremony and taking the blessing back to the people. We're talking pilgrimage. We're talking walking for months. Mm. 
there is no cars, you know what I mean? You walk for months in the mountains. This is a serious thing. So uh, the Chivin culture, you know, the archaeology um, says that it kind of begin from 12 BC, 1200 BC wow. to kind of uh, second century BC. So like it, it's been around for like a thousand years. Mm. BC, before Christ. Yeah. Era, you know, and in the temple, you see all the carvings are Wachuma carvings, anthropomorphical images with Wachuma in the hands, you know. So it's the Chevin deities, a man, half Jaguar, half uh, man holding Wachuma in the hand. And that cool. was in circular plaza where all the shamans were allowed. So that's how you trace it back. And uh, they did the radiocarbon dating and that's how they came to this, you know. Although here's the here's the problem with that, you cannot radiocarbon stones. Sure, it's only organic matter, so you can only prove that people were there at that time. Yeah. Okay. So their wood, so whatever, whatever is organic matter can be dated. Now stones cannot be carbon dated, so that means that people were there or could at least be there before that mm. you know because they cannot carbon date before but what they can carbon date that's 3200 years some of that beautiful so so that's 3000 years so that's like we know for sure however when i go there and drink and my master lives there too my friend when we do medicine there it just feels a lot more ancient than that Mm. it's like really in the places around where it's like man we he took me to places that are like ancient caves prehistoric caves with petroglyphs i mean when i was drinking medicine there i feel like we are back like forty thousand years mm. to air to the era of like you know a, a beginning of human consciousness you know i, I read feel like that I read in your book that you wanted to do some traveling uh, ceremonies and go to some of these ancient sites. Oh, I, I've done that. Yeah. During the years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I, don't, I don't do it anymore. Uh. But I, I've done that. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Doing medicine in ancient sites and kind of, kind of, un, kind of, you decode, you go decode human history. You go to pyramids, mm. you do medicine there, and it's like you just feel the energy there. And you kind of understand what it was all about. Mm. And different culture had different energies, and there was dark cultures in Peru, and there was bright. So what uh, the Chavin was a bright. There was mm. a pure light and consciousness. You know, these people didn't have army; they ruled for a thousand years, mm. one thousand years, ten centuries. No army. Mm. It's like the archaeology didn't find any tools, any tools of war. It's more mm. ceremonial. Everything ceremonial. A peaceful culture. So peaceful and and yeah, conscious. Just yeah. conscious Wachuma consciousness that kind of you know radiated that energy throughout the continent and mm -hmm. they were never conquered too they just disappeared at some point mm. but there is a gap between them and the mochi culture that came after them with 200 years so we don't know what happened during these 200 years but it seems like Chevin culture just kind of dis disappeared man. They, they just disappeared somewhere they got on the mothership I know, they're just gone. <laughs> and then 200 years later, Mochi came. So huh. early Mochi are basically kind of a descendants of Chavin, but this were the bloodiest culture of Peru. Mm. What these guys did, I mean, this is just crazy. 
This is like the whole other side. That's what happened when you look when you lose the light. You fall into darkness, you know. Yes. And these guys were like Mayans in Mexico, bloodthirsty. I mean, gee. And when you go to their pyramids and take medicine there, it's like you feel that. Ooh. It's very different energy that than Chevin. Chevin, you go, you feel light. You just feel light. Ah. You go to Mochi, it's all dark, man. It's mm. just like you, you still feel death and blood, and you know, it's like two thousand years later. Mm. They, they came like mm, all the way to like seventh century, but it, it started like from from the beginning of this era. So maybe five hundred. I'm not sure, but it's like fifteen hundred years for sure. Mm. You know, so you feel it. So that also shows you another uh, thing that they also use Wachuma. Yeah. Yeah. But for completely different purpose, and that were that was nothing to do with consciousness and light and you know nothing. That was completely different energy. So that shows you that the medicine can be used in different ways, and you yes. gives it the color. Mm. And I speak about in some of my books before earlier books, like I explain people that the medicine is just energy. Mm. It's like fire, you know, fire is neutral. It's not bad and it's not good. It's what you do with fire makes it good or bad. You can use fire to, you know, cook your food and keep yourself warm and your family. That's good. Or you can cook it to burn down your house. Yes. That's not good. Or, or start a wildfire and destroy the nature and animals and people. You know, that's bad. So it's the intent yeah. of a person that uses it makes it good or bad. Mm. You know, the medicine is just pure energy. Mm. it's like guns guns don't kill people people kill people using guns mm -hmm. a gun just don't walk on the street and just shoot people mm -hmm. it's the person who uses it so yes. it's energy it's a form of energy that can be used differently yeah. same with plant medicine it's a very important thing so i'd love to spend a few minutes on your mm -hmm. offerings and how uh the like the services that you are offering the ceremonies that you're offering are you are you also because you're cultivating i know you're cultivating and you have a beautiful farm uh there on your property and um are you also using things like like tobacco and hape and those types of things as well yeah 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 these are all the plants we we use that in the different times in the ceremonies you know we use uh, we work with coca with mm -hmm. uh, mapacho which is tobacco Mm -hmm. and uh, rape also happy depends mm -hmm. how you pronounce it it's just easier to say rape so we use rape you know we, we say rape um and cacao these are all good uh, helper plants these mm. are allies so if you use it right at a certain time that can uh, support the experience mm. so i'm basically teaching people also how to use plants how not to abuse plants, but use them when you need and what you need and for what purpose, you know. So basically, and of course, we also do ayahuasca here. Oh, wow. We, we okay. also ayahuasca, yeah. but it's only for people who stand, stay with us. Like you can just knock on my door and have ayahuasca. We don't do this. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it, it's a supplement medicine that we provide when the energy is right and there is a demand and people want to engage the medicine, we, we call. Mm. In fact, we just did like a few days ago. Like once a month, really. It's mm -hmm. a supplemental. The way we do it is very beautiful and uh, special. And 
the guy who do it, he's a, uh, he's a special, he's a hybrid, hybrid shaman, mm. which means he's a, a combination of um, Indian shamanism and ayahuasca mm. shamanism. So it's like two traditions. He's a carrier of two traditions in one, which is very special. Yeah. And the way we do it, we, we do the coca reading before the set, uh, ceremony. So it's a deviation, uh, mm. divination. Mm-hmm. It's an ancient practice. He can just read you. You just see your life in the coca. You know, you just throw a few a coca leaves. He gives you the coca leaves. You blow into it. You throw, and he just sees you there. He tells you, and the coca tells him things about you. And then we bring that into ayahuasca ceremony, and then it becomes more specific. And he sinks into specific. So it's not just ayahuasca. It's specific ayahuasca for you. Yeah. You know? So, so it's very it's very helpful. And the way I seen that over years is very precise i mean he the reading is just like i never believe in this stuff even you know sure. it's like if if i was told i was like, i don't know if that's even true you know maybe you're just imagining stuff uh, you know what i mean yeah. but i'm the one who translates to people mm-hmm. you know? so i see i don't do the reading itself although i kind of understand you know i i can interpret it like him mm. I can do it. So he does the reading, but I can see what he's going to say, kind of, you know, maybe halfway there. So just uh-huh. from doing that with him, you know, sure. translating to our guests. Yeah. And, and and the stories are just amazing. I mean, he can, I, it's so specific. He says, people are like, what? It's like, you can know this. Right. Like, like you have a problem in your fourth disc in your bed. <laughs> fourth, not third, not fifth, fourth. And like they go, oh yeah, I had an injury like 20 years ago and I had an operation and this is a problem. It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, so this is just one example. Sure. It's real. So yeah. I'm the I'm the guy, I'm the skeptic, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm not easily believing anything, you know. For mm-hmm. me, I have to. I'm the Thomas from the Bible who need to kind of stick his finger in the Christ body. Uh-huh. I'm that guy, you know. So if I say it's real, it's real. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's how we do it. And yeah, that's... And rapé we do every day. I mean, uh, in the ceremony, just once, there is a certain point when we come home after the ceremony mm-hmm. and kind of let the energy sit in a garden before the closing of ceremony. We do rapé and, you know... Coca, it's usually you can do it during the ceremony. Cacao, what people do is during the sharing circles at night. Like when we close the ceremony at six, we do ceremonies, daytime ceremonies. Okay. So I work with light. It's yes. beauty, nature, and light. For me, that's what's important. That's the energy I bring to my life and share with people. That's how I help people heal. Interesting. Interesting. It's light and beauty and nature, you know. Uh-huh. It's a major thing. So we start ceremony at 10 in the morning. Mm. And we drink here, open the ceremony, and go to the river, sit all day in the river. Just beautiful, magical river where you just find your place. Nobody bothers you. You know, we don't sit together. We just spread. You find your place, and that's where you are. And I know where to find you when you do check in. And then we spend it all day in silence and contemplation, you know. And then we go home around 5. We come home around 5. And then when we do rapé and kind of discharge energy and chat and kind of, you know, you know, kind of smoothing the whole thing into the closing and then closing is a bridge to nighttime sharing. And after the closing of ceremony, which is around six, 
People just stay in the main house, make fire, sit by the fireplace, make food, eat, and then do the sharing circle, cool. which is like an immediate integration of your daily experience. Like what you experience today, people just share heart to heart. Like today I felt this and, you know, I've thought about my mom or whatever, you know, and you yeah. share your stuff. And then that's how you know, that's how you get to know one another and open up and, you know, becoming vulnerable—it's—it's—it's a—it's—it's a, it's a, it's a path to healing. Mm. You kind of you you remove all your defense, like you know, that's that's me, you know. So it's safe environment. It's like you can share because everybody does the same, you know. So everybody kind of rely on everybody else to understand their pain and the thing, and and it's a lot of share. A lot of healing comes through the sharing circle, which goes until night. You know, mm. I go to my family. We, we live in the same property, like two houses. My house and guest house mm. we are together so we go to ceremony i go to my girls have my family life and our guests they do their life and they just sit there until like midnight one whatever and when you're tired you just go sleep mm. you know and the next day between ceremonies is free it's, it's just do what you want it's like i respect people's privacy it's like we don't interfere it's like if you need something, you let me know. But if not, just read books, sit in the garden, walk around, go see Machu Picchu, sightseeing. I mean, we live in the archaeological uh, hub here. Yeah. So love sightseeing and beauty. You can do a lot of things here, you know. So do what you want, really. Just make sure you show up for the ceremony, which is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, every week, all year round. Uh. With exception of uh, rainy season, which is like, uh, I take off like six weeks. Okay. In the end, end, of, end of January throughout February, it's a rainy month. And it's also kids' vacation. This is our summer here. Mm. It's summer vacation. So I prefer to spend this time with my family and uh, not working, mm. you know, until March. So I'm back in nature, like second of March. And then we start a whole new healing season again. So one can come for a one-day ceremony, or were you? No, is there no a week is minimum. Yeah. One week, okay. Yeah, I, I don't do one day. It's like a week is minimum, but that's like a week is just enough to. You need a week just to to feel right in mountains. You know I'm what I mean? sure. Yeah, it's, it's a different environment here. It's a different air. It's a different vibe. It's, it, it feels great, but you just need to kind of settle into this real. Yeah. You know, after coming from a city life, which is complete madness, you know, right. you need time to kind of to feel into it, you know. So in in a week, you feel good, you know. Mm. I mean, some people just feel right away good. It's just like some people have altitude issues. Not much, really, but it can happen. Although we have plans for that, we can help you right away. But you still feel a bit um, like floaty here, mm. you know, like, like like in the space kind of thing. You know? <laughs> So, but it's good. It's a good feeling, really. It's like, and uh, minimum one week and maximum is like, I had people living with us like a year. Wow. Eight months. <laughs> like, people don't want to live. Uh, people just come and say, like, okay, I get it. I need more time here, you know? Yeah. Of course, what you can afford in terms of time of work, money, you know, it's not cheap. I'm not cheap, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a price here and what you can afford, you can afford, but there are many people who also work online, like distant work. So you can do work between mm. ceremonies. So mm -hmm. you can do part of So that's kind of okay. You pay your bills. You have some money coming. So you can stay longer. You know, it depends on people. But a week is just not enough. I mean, it, it's a good introduction to the medicine. But if you want to go deeper, you need more time. Mm. 
just whatever that is you know it's just immortal but whatever you can do is better than not doing it that's yes yeah you know i mean so basically yes people just write me we talk there is a form you need to fill out mm-hmm. on the side you know, on my side it just tells me about you medical history it's a screening process like it tells me who you are mm-hmm. you know? so i need to see who you are and then we talk and kind of the conversation starts there and some people talk more some people talk less some people don't bother with any readings and watching they just feel it mm. like i had people say like oh i just saw your website and i just booked flights i didn't read it <laughs> okay i mean literally like yeah. this some people takes months you know watching like a hundred videos reading four books and it's okay i mean it's good i encourage it that's why i put it out there so you can read and you can feel into it you know yeah. kind of make a, an informed decision but i had people who who read uh, two chapters of cactus of sanity and booked their flights from australia and you know and <laughs> far land yes. so it just depends on you like where you are in your in your path are mm-hmm. you ready for real thing you know are you sensitive enough that you feel that you sense the truth and you're ready to mm-hmm. jump into deep water okay then then you write it and you come and we work, you know. And with the books, it's really my books are kind of filtered as a filter. So mm. if you make through my books and you still like the guy who wrote them, <laughs> you you have a good chance to to become a friend. Sure, and, uh, you know what I mean. But if you start arguing with me already there, and it's like no, you know what yeah. I mean. Just just yeah. take your time and kind of you know think about life and then when you find you know another depth and you can see what i'm saying to be true then we can talk you know what i mean yeah so it's for mature people it's like i don't want to hear everybody yeah I want to hear right people you know right mature sincere people who just look for a real spiritual experience that can help them understand themselves and to see themselves in the world in a true light mm. that's it you know it's like that's really my focus on it's like you know i don't really advertise as a depression healing or something although that happens and people come with depressions and we do help them but that's not really what i do or enjoy doing mm. or want to do it's it's kind of depressing it's like of course i want to help a person if if it's a good person it's like man i want to help you to to lift you up but it's not like this is not a depression clinic you know what i mean it's like this is like this is spiritual stuff yeah so it happens it can help you for sure yes but it's not like it's not my focus Mm. well sergey i do have to wrap up but i appreciate I appreciate your energy and you, you present as a very grounded and well-experienced uh, spiritual teacher. I, I, I long to make the pilgrimage to you one day. And uh, I just, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, man. Of course. Welcome. Well, uh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. And I, I'm glad we finally talk, you know, it's been like Instagram here and there. And, yeah. You know, and then I forgot about you. You know, like we talked like two years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was 2020. <laughs> oh, four years. Uh, and I just I saw Instagram. I was like, oh, plan can talk, of course. Like, yeah, we, we need to talk about plans. 
Yes, you speak <laughs> you for <know>? the plants. <laughs> well, because I speak with the plants. Sure. You know? I mean, they're my <laughs> companions. Well, thank you for having me here. And, um, you know, you're welcome to visit us and whatever is yeah. possible for you. Yeah, we, I would love to do this yourself. again. I'd love to do this again sometime sure. too. I feel like we could go for hours, man. Yeah, yeah. And today I have a bad headache, man. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, this I'm is you with a headache, huh? Oh, You're a fantastic just... guest, man. Man, I'm I'm like this heavy headache. I didn't sleep well. It was like uh, a late night, and it's just uh, like I'm like I'm like, oh, do I even do it today? My head's just about to explode. So I had some coffee tea here too. Uh, but I'm like barely <laughs> barely talking now, you know, I'm kind of foggy. So yeah, you did great. I'm man. more normally, you know, more energy. Uh so what is you your know? website? Yes, it's uh, huachumawasi.com. Okay. And I'll just send you the, the actual spelling so you can just put it there. Wonderful. So people can, you know, spell it right. Huachumawasi.com and also Instagram, Huachumawasi. Uh-huh. it's pretty active i just share pictures and videos like from our daily activity here you know like so you know making personal for people as mm. personal as you can get but definitely please go on my website there's a lot of material there just read through the whole thing read resources read the frequently asked questions books i mean make informed decisions yes you know, if you want to come here take your time read come you know it's an expense to come here so you want to make sure that your money is spent well mm-hmm. and you do that with the right people yeah cool wonderful and if you could please send me a photo for the cover as well and mm. I'll, I'll plug links to all your stuff in the description okay okay wonderful okay I'll do that in a few minutes all right okay Baranov, everyone watch umawazi if everyone could please like review and subscribe to the podcast and hit that share button we would both appreciate that greatly Peace.